Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the Food Fan, here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It is a podcast that I do throughout the week, and then I string it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains, here in beautiful Asheville, Western North Carolina. everybody. I've got a great show for you today. I've got a wonderful interview right in the middle of the show, a long interview with a person who is new slash not new at all to our food scene. So stick around for that. And before that, I'm going to do a couple of small reviews that will kind of lead into a review of the year 2022. Uh, first of all, Last week, I told you all that for our Christ, uh, Christmas Eve dinner, that Dawn, was, Dawn, my life partner, was going to cook her awesome tomato sauce and make a beautiful lasagna and spaghetti and meatballs. And uh, Dawn's family, half of her family, is of Italian descent, and they owned an Italian restaurant. And so Dawn's brother, Bob, is an amazing Italian chef, and uh, he he... Uh, Dawn and he talk on the phone while she makes this sauce every year. She could probably do it on her own, but she always talks to Bob while she makes it. And it's fantastic, like top-notch stuff. So we need needed some top-notch bread to go with that. We went to a place called Mother down in the River Arts District, a very small place. And I told you all about how I had food FOMO waiting to buy this olive focaccia. And uh, it was the only one there. I was looking at it. There was a bunch of people in front of us in line. And the whole time I'm freaking out, having food uh, anxiety, fear fear of missing out, in case you don't know what FOMO means. And I'm having that. And uh, I have it real bad. Like, it's practically a psychological disorder with me. And when I say the word practically, I mean, absolutely. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm watching the line. I'm freaking out. We get the loaf. We bring it home. We wrap it up in parchment paper and a paper bag. We keep it overnight. And then I wrap it in foil to heat up in the oven, not the toaster oven, you heathens, and uh, to serve with Don's Italian food. And boy, howdy, man, this thing was awesome. This might be dang, one of the best baked goods I've eaten all year. And I'll, I'll get to that later on in my outro after the interview. But uh, it was fantastic. So high, high, high recommends for Mother Bakery in the River Arts District, and in particular, this focaccia with or without the Casa Lavada olives. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and then I also told you guys that I was going to try to eat my own gingerbread house. Don and I made a gingerbread house from scratch with a New York Times gingerbread cookie recipe and some cutouts that I bought online. And we, I, she baked it and we, I assembled it and decorated it and it looked great. I filled it with Christmas lights on the inside. So it lit up and stuff. And, uh, and I said, I was going to eat it because one of the things I, I really love looking at and making gingerbread houses but i hate that you just buy the kit and knowing that you're never going to eat those those cookies that are inside so i made them we made them from scratch because i wanted to eat those cookies you know and uh and uh i did 
I after and they sat around for a, this thing been around for a week and a week and a half, maybe even two weeks now. And on Christmas morning, I didn't tuck into the house itself, but I tucked into the gingerbread person that we made to accompany the house. And the gingerbread person was maybe about four or five inches tall. So it was a substantial little gingerbread person. And I tucked in and yes, it was hard and dry, but it was kind of crispy and super delicious i have to say i i ate it all um and i'm gonna try to eat the rest of the house it's got a lot of frosting and stuff on it and some of it was buttercream frosting so i'm not eating that but uh the royal frosting should be fine i would imagine maybe not so if i die of food poisoning you'll know to blame this gingerbread house but i'm going to try to eat more of the gingerbread house before i toss it in the trash or i don't know should i give it to the animals is it too much sugar for the animals i i like to feed the critters in my yard and i'm particular about what i feed them i don't want to feed them garbage you know but i think i think that would be garbage i ain't gonna do it um i'm gonna toss whatever i don't eat into the trash it's not it's not good enough for the animals but i'm gonna eat it <laughs> um so yeah and now like so those are my little reviews of uh the focaccia from mother and my own gingerbread house and now my next review is of my my favorite restaurant and i've said this out loud many times and you might think that's weird for a food writer to say that but actually i more consider myself a food blogger than a writer because i don't write articles or and i don't do research and stuff i just write about my own experiences which is more of a blogger technique and i do have a favorite restaurant i can't deny it i'm not going to keep it a secret and that is buxton hall barbecue and it has been my favorite restaurant for almost the entire time it's been open there's a lot of factors that go into that it's near my house that makes a difference. Your favorite restaurant is probably near your house too. Um, and I, the menu appeals to me like very much. It's braised meats. It's slow cooked. Uh, there's uh, braised is the wrong term. Um, it's barbecue. So it's like brisket, pulled pork. There's fried chicken. There's fried catfish. There's amazing sides. And I love all that stuff. And so it's right in my wheelhouse of the stuff I love. And the space appeals to me very much. Visually, it's really nice. They did a great job designing that space. And they continue to do a fantastic job with their graphic design in terms of their t-shirts, their signage, their menus, their posters for upcoming events and such. And it's Christmas time. So there's about a 20 foot tall Christmas tree in there right now. And I love that. And they play great music. Um, I really enjoy the music there. And of course, the, the service is fantastic. Like it's to me, you know, like it's homey, it's not formal. So if you want formal service, you might not get it there. It's going to be more like Southern friendly, homey service. And at this point, I've been going in there so much. I know everybody or most of the people that work there, many of them by name, a lot of them by sight. And uh, they are really nice and they're nice to me. And that's going to always make something your favorite, right? When you go there and people are nice to you, that's going to be a good feeling. So those are the reasons Buxton Hall is my favorite restaurant. Now, for the first time, 
in the history of having a favorite restaurant called Buxton Hall, Buxton has a contender for that spot. And this is based on sheer numbers. Looking back over 2022, I added up all the restaurants I've been to and I added up how many times I had been to them. And I had been to, in 2022, I ate at or from, like I got delivery or bought takeout uh, or just had people deliver me things or these places were not restaurants, they were caterers or whatever, but I ate at or from 149 different uh, businesses, let's just say. Some restaurants, cafes, bars, food trucks, caterers, you name it, chocolatiers, uh, scrappy little bake startup bakers, you know, all of that. Um, and so 149 different ones. Most of those in Asheville. Uh, some of them were in Detroit, Michigan and Ann Arbor, Michigan. I ate, I took a road trip or a flight up there with Don to visit family. And we ate at a lot of great places there. <laughs> great food up there, especially when we went to um, a place called Wright and Company, W-R-I-G-H-T. And I recommend it very much in Detroit, Michigan. And I took a trip to Florida. Uh, where Dawn teaches. Uh, and so she has a place down there as well as up here and with, with me. And uh, so I went, I ate at a bunch of places down in Florida. All of them were great, especially a Korean uh, restaurant. Oh my God, I wasn't prepared to mention it, but I forget its name, but it was a great Korean restaurant. So, but other than that, all of them here in Asheville or Hendersonville, Black Mountain, I went outside of Asheville proper a little bit. And all of them independent, except for two, I ate at, or I bought candy or soda pop from two franchises. And uh, apart from that, all of the restaurants and vendors and venues that I got food and beverages from are independently owned. So that's a breakdown of my year in eating. A lot of restaurants went into me. I did my best to expand my area you know to eat at more restaurants that was one of my goals for 2022 is to eat at more restaurants and to expand my own circle of where i eat and i think i did that 149 not bad let's throw in kickback uh at kickbackavl.com the de local delivery service i used them 12 times an average of once a month and so i'll include them just to make it an even 150 and so all of this to talk about the contender for Asheville for my favorite restaurant. So contender uh, against Buxton Hall. So I ate at Buxton Hall 14 times in 2022. The most recent time was just yesterday as I record this. I went one last time in 2022 to get this catfish sandwich that I'm just in love with. And I brought my nephew there. He got the chicken cheesesteak, which I recommended, and he devoured. Uh, it's, it's both the catfish and the cheesesteak are the kind of food that you want to keep eating, even though you're full halfway through, and then you end up finishing all or most of it, and you're like, whoa. Um, so one last time at Buxton, 14 times at Buxton, more than once a month on average. And I'll tell you what, the fact that I ate at 149 other places, that's significant to say I ate at Buxton 14 times. Now, I also ate at Twisted Laurel downtown Asheville 14 times. So, uh-oh, who's my favorite restaurant these days? Is it Buxton Hall or is it Twisted Laurel? It's kind of actually a toss-up right now. Now, Buxton is going to always be like kind of king of the heap. 
even if the world ended and Buxton was no more, it would have a place in my heart for the rest of my life as the first and only restaurant in Asheville that I called my favorite for years and years. And, uh, but man, I love me some twisted Laurel in particular. I love their burgers and their fried chicken. And, uh, I just love the people who work there. The atmosphere is bustling, sitting at the bar is nice. Uh, there's, uh, outdoor seating when it's pleasant for me, which I don't really like the sun or the heat. So, uh, I need it to be a certain way in, in order for me to enjoy the outdoors. Uh, but it's, it's wonderful. I love it. And I go in there all the time with food tours. Like I, I love to show off Twisted Laurel to the visitors because I know they're going to love whatever they eat on the food tour and, and on food tour, Chef Tom LaFauci sends out some fancier stuff. And so that's, it's not just the burgers and the fried chicken for the tours. And then I get to try those too. And I just, I love Twisted Laurel. I mean, if you racked up all the times I went in there with tours, it would, and I, I have no idea. Um, that would be, then they would absolutely be the restaurant that I ate at most often in 2022 so if you haven't been there i love bringing locals there especially ones that already have an opinion about twisted laurel and that opinion may not be very good uh then i love bringing them in there and showing them what's up because it's really good so uh yeah that's uh 2022 uh looking back on that a little bit and um i want to thank some of the people that helped me uh, get through 2022. In particular, I want to thank my friend Lucho, uh, Luis Carlos Serapio from AshevilleMulticultural.com. We really enjoyed a lot of meals together, and we he introduced me to a lot of restaurants and and that I would would not normally been able to get to because they're too far for me to walk or ride my e bike to. Now I have an e bike. Um, but yeah, places like La Rumba and Icaramba, two of the highlights of my year or three, cause we went to La Rumba twice. La Rumba's out on Tunnel Road, Icaramba's out on New Leicester Highway, and, uh, they were both excellent. And not only did Luis bring me there, but he introduced me to the staff and at La Rumba, the staff all speaks English and the chef in fact is Anglo. And so uh, we got along, I mean, we were able to talk really easily. And, uh, but at Icaramba, much of the staff has some English, but not enough to have a conversation. And my Spanish is limited to like words you'd find on a menu. And I'm not even kidding. Uh, my Spanish is terrible, like non-existent. And so Luis Carlos was a professional interpreter for a long time and so he interprets for us when needed and this is absolutely how i was able to develop a friendship with chef patty saints from pupuseria patty uh, again my english not my spanish non-existent my english not that great either but uh and patty has super limited english and but patty and i have a deep and abiding love for each other because of the power of food and uh, just uh, charisma. I think we're just like like-minded magnets that attract. And um, and Luis Carlos being there to interpret for us. So thank you, Lucho, for being part of my life. And um, I also want to thank my boss at at Asheville Food Tours. Uh, it, I took some time off 
from food tours. Oh, that's Patty Riles. Thank you, Patty. Uh, Short for Patrick. Patty hired me five years ago to do food tours and I love it. It's the greatest thing ever. I took some locals on a private two-person food tour the other day and they told me that it rekindled their desire to go downtown and they're looking forward to many date nights downtown. So my goal is to make sure that the local or I, I not to make sure like I'm nobody, but to try to get the locals to really fall in love with downtown again. I, I love it. It's fantastic. I say it again and again. It's like living next to Disneyland, except for instead of rides, we've got these amazing restaurants and you don't want to like one day say to yourself, oh, man, I should have gone on Space Mountain while I lived right next to Disneyland, you know. Uh, you, there's crowds at Disney World, but there's and there's crowds downtown. But these days it's not that crowded. And part of it is because the locals are terrified. Um, but come downtown and check it out and come on a food tour with me. And thank you so much, Patty Riles, for helping me get through a very tough up and down year for food tours and for the restaurants in particular looking back on 2022 it was not a horrible year like 2020 or even most of 2021 but it was not an easy year either in the food industry i'm out there observing it and talking to people so i know for a fact that it was a very like spiked up and down not a gradual sloping up and down but like ding one day you're slammed, you're crowded, you're understaffed because you didn't know that was going to happen. The next day, where is everybody? Where did everybody go? Uh, from week to week, it was really hard to judge what was going to go on downtown. And food tours were exactly the same way. They were very hard to predict, and they're usually very predictable. You know that people are going to book food tours all summer long, and that just didn't happen this summer. So thank you, Patty Riles, for helping me get through a tough year. And thanks uh, to all of you for listening. And I'll, I'll, I'll come back at the end of the show and say that again. But yeah, uh, thanks for anybody who listens to my radio show, and thanks to Davine Dial at WPVM 103.7 FM, the progressive voice of the mountains for taking my humble podcast and turning it into a radio broadcast. I love you, Davine, and I'm looking forward to doing it all year in, in 2023. And uh, I'm going to leave out a lot of people, but I just want to say a special thanks to my mom. My mom is such a great eater, and she taught me how to be a good eater, and we enjoy a lot of food together. And so thanks, mom. And I really appreciate you for bringing me up the way you did, taking me to restaurants when I was real little. And uh, so I don't know if my mom's going to hear this, but if she does, I, I would just want to say I love you. And uh, that's it. I'm going to turn it over to myself uh, on the other end of a little break, uh, interviewing a new slash not so new guy in our food scene. I'll talk to you in a minute and, and then I'll come back and I'll talk to you after that. Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helm, the food fan, and I am here at Food Fan Headquarters, and I have a special guest today. I have Chef Kenville Thompson, and Chef Thompson has been a big presence in my Facebook feed recently. You just popped up, Chef, and you're there all the time. I see Shabingo and Marabian. And Chef, first of all, please introduce yourself, and then let's talk about your food. Uh, who are you? Where are you from? Uh, I'm Kenville Thompson. I'm original from Jamaica. I come to America in year 2000. 
And I work with Biltmore. I worked there for 20 years as a chef. And I resigned to pursue my career, like in of my own business, even a restaurant or a food truck. Okay, great. Um, so 20 years at Biltmore, that is a long time, man. And you were just telling me before we recorded that you developed your um, your spice blend while you were working at Biltmore. Um, and your spice blend is called Shabingo. And do you mind telling us how that came about? Yeah, it, it came about uh, when I was at work, you know, and we normally we use salt and pepper and everything. And some of the staff say, hey, chef, you're so good. You're great. You, you need to make a season so we can use for herself. And uh, in the kitchen, I found Shabingo all-purpose seasoning. And from that, every, every, everywhere I go, people always ask for a sample. I give out a sample, and then I start to sell it, but I don't put it in the store. Okay. If you want to get the Shabingo seasoning, you have to order it through Shabingo. Okay, and how do people do that? Through Facebook? You have a website? I, I, I have a website, but I, I, I close the website and have it under contract because most of the people don't use the website. They, okay. they order through Facebook or Instagram. Okay. All right, so those are the best ways to reach out. to yes. Yes. And um, so an all-purpose seasoning, you, you make one kind of seasoning, not a set of seasonings? and No, it's, it's one. It's, it's, to me, it's a universal seasoning. Okay. Just like you can put it on anything, you know, fish, chicken, burger, fries. Some little kids put it on watermelon, you know. You can put it on anything. Okay, that actually sounds – I love watermelon with a little bit of chili spice on it. Yeah. So I'd like to try it with your all-purpose spice sometime. So, yeah, 23 years at Biltmore. You, you come to America from Jamaica. You come what, – what brought you to Asheville? I'm curious about that. Uh, it works, you know, work. Biltmore, they come to Jamaica requiring, like, recruiting workers. And okay. I was one of the lucky ones, you know. Yeah, okay. and I come here, and it was nonstop, you know, just right through. Okay. Till now, till I'm just growing, growing, growing. That's that's awesome. I did not realize that Biltmore recruits people from Jamaica or anywhere else. I thought that it was yes. just a job application process. So that's pretty cool. Uh, great. Sounds like a great opportunity for you to. Yeah, come. it was. It, it changed my whole life. That's awesome, man. I love to hear that kind of story for sure. And so lately, I've been hearing about this Maribian. Am I pronouncing it right or Maribian? Yes. Okay. Maribian. Maribian, and that is your food truck, correct? Yes. Yes. Tell us all about that, man. I love food trucks, and so does Asheville. So give us the rundown. All right. The rundown is when I leave, when I quit my job at Biltmore in 2020 during COVID, I start to do a personal chef, and I go around, you know, and cook. And because of COVID, I couldn't do that because I cannot go to people's house. So one lady, Stephanie Williams, she owns a, a ear shop, she said, you, you should just cook and deliver the food. So I start to cook and deliver food. I do it like for the past four years. And that's how I pay my bills. And then I start to save. And I said, man, I got to get a food truck or a restaurant. And when I look at it, I said, the food truck will come to the people, but the people have to go to the restaurant. True. So. Yes. Yeah, so I, I then I, I, my goal was to get a food truck and I work and work and work. 
until I partner with this one guy that buy food from me for the past two years and we come together and we farm Meribian. And the reason for Meribian is 85% of my supporters are American. And when I farmed the food truck, I said, I have to do something for my people that support me. So I said, instead of go full Caribbean or full Jamaican, I'm going to go half and half. So I do like half American food, half Jamaican food. So I, 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 I put American and the Caribbean together and get Ameribian, but I never like how Ameribian sound. So I take the A off and I say Meribian. So right now I sell Caribbean and soul food and they're loving it. Yeah, I bet they are, man. Uh, yes. I haven't tried it yet, unfortunately. I just I don't drive a car, so and you park lately. You've been parking kind of far from where I live, and yes. so I just haven't had a chance. But I'll tell you what: the pictures that you post, they look so delicious. Like everything you see is real. Everything yeah. you see is what you get when you come to the truck. The same thing I post is the same thing you get. That's fantastic. So, can you describe some of your American dishes? And then we'll describe some of your uh, Caribbean dishes. Yeah. Uh, so for the American dishes, you know, like uh, I'm a real top quality chef. So I have to choose the food that people are going to buy, you know. So for my choices, I go, I said, hey, let's do a burger for the American people. Everybody like burger. But sure. What type of burger? So I, I, I do my research and I come up with the old school smash burger. Everybody yeah. like that. Absolutely. And I said, let's do, let's do like fry fish and fries, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, what can I do with everybody like? Everybody likes salmon. So I mm-hmm. said, hey, let's do salmon. And I just say salmon bite. So I come up with salmon bite. And, and then I said, everybody love wings, you know? Mm-hmm. So I come up with like, a, everybody like their wings fry hard, crispy. Yeah. So yeah. I come up with crispy wings. And this is a new stuff going on. Everybody like lemon pepper. But if mm-hmm. you put a touch of buffalo sauce with the lemon pepper and call it a hot lemon pepper, everybody want that one. So I do okay. the hot lemon pepper wing. And it's history. And everybody like regular sides. They like mac and cheese. They like, uh, say, collard greens. They like the, the yams, the sweets. Yeah. So I do stuff like those. And if you come to Meribian and you said, I need an oxtail with collard greens. You get it. So I infuse everything and they love it. Okay. So you can yeah. put some American and some Caribbean on your plate? Yes. Yes. That's fantastic. And I love and, it that – oh, I'm sorry, Chef. Keep going. And, and for the, uh, the, the Jamaican side, the Caribbean mm-hmm. side, I just do it simple. What people like, simple. They like jerk chicken. They like curry chicken. They like oxtail. They like the rasta pasta. So I said, all right, those four items, that's what I'm going to start off with. So I put that, I put those on the menu, everything, everybody like it. And, and the greatest thing, like a lot of people don't eat a lot of rice anymore. People kind of switching. So for me, you know, I have to say, hey, they like pasta. So I, I come with the rasta pasta. The rasta pasta, you can get it with shrimp, jerk chicken. You can get it with oxtail. You can get it with salmon. Any, any protein of your liking. So they love the option of that one too, you know? That's great. And I love it that just about every food item that you described, you prefaced by saying, I know that people like this food item and you want to make food that people like. You said it over and over again. And I always say that like 
I don't know. There's two kinds of chefs in this world, the kind that make food people like and the kind that make food that you have to learn to like uh, or that you might need to be even talked into. And it might turn out to be that some of your favorite food. But um, there are chefs in this town that I admire very, very much who I always say they make food people like. I think that's the first priority. Yeah. So it's like you went through the list, burgers, wings, mac and cheese. Yeah. I mean, you know what people like. I'm sure 20 years at Biltmore probably gave you a very solid basis for what the average person likes. Yes, and I use all my experience at Biltmore. I'm using it in my Ribbian, and it's paying off, you know? Oh, I bet. I yeah, bet. It, it, and one of, my, one of the most question asked, the most frequent question asked to me is, Chef, what is your favorite dish to cook? Okay. You will surprise, you will surprise my answer. My okay. answer is I don't have a favorite dish okay. because the, I'm a chef that aims to please. I adjust to people because I do all type of food. I'm a dietitian too, you know. So like say, the, the Shabingo season is all organic. And like say, if you take away the meat from my food, it's vegan. Mm -hmm. I don't use... I have to use cream in two dishes. And okay. I, I couldn't get no substitution. The mac and cheese, I have to use cream. And the rasta pasta. But anything you get from me is all plant-based. So if I have to deliver some food to you, you send me an address, I deliver some food to you. So you can try. If, but like say for me, I try to, to, to get people eat healthy. So when you eat food from Shabingo, you're going to say, wow, this doesn't taste like Jamaican food, but it tastes good. And the reason for that is because I use organic stuff. I okay. use plant-based stuff. But it's Jamaican food, real Jamaican food. So if you go back and say, wow, this is good. Because MSG is one of my pet peeves. I don't use MSG. Okay. So everything I, so when you taste my food or you taste another Jamaican food, you're going to taste the MSG, but you're not going to taste it in my food. So you're going to say, wow, this is this is slight off, but this is good. OK, that's a, yeah. I, I can tell. I mean, maybe you brought this with you from Jamaica, but you're fitting into Asheville very well. <laughs> you're making yes. Oh, yes. delicious yes. food and you're using organic ingredients. You're caring about the healthier people, but you're also deep frying some stuff and serving burgers. Yes. You, uh, yeah, yeah. I always say Asheville is a place where you get a, a, a nice meal with some kale cooked in about a half a stick of butter. So uh, yeah. we're, we're like health, health conscious, but we love to eat great food. So why not combine yeah. both? If you're going to eat something deep fried, hey, make it organic. Yeah. And, and organic. Stuff. Yeah. So I love it that you, you seem to really know your audience. Let me put it that way. Yes, and I, I know them. And if you watch my posts, you can know I know my audience. Just like Taco Tuesday, I said, it's coming. And um, somebody said, why you say it's coming? Because I got over 50 people asking for it. Mm -hmm. So when I launched out Taco Tuesday yesterday, I sell 45 tacos yesterday. 45 tacos as a, as a special, that's great. Yeah. 45 tacos. Yeah. And it's like Jamaican, it's jer Jamaican jerk chicken burrito tacos. Oh, and man. I get a lot of Hispanic people come and try it. Because what I do, I sold the taco with street cards. And everybody was like, wow. That's great, man. Can you come park in my front yard so I can eat at your truck every day? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'm now I'm even more excited to try your food, Chef. Where uh, Can you tell us where you generally park and the days of the week we can find you? Or just give us some general clues on how to get to your food. All right. Uh, Meridian Food Truck, we have a home. The home is 2292 Ennisville Road, Arden. Okay. 2292 Ennisville Road, Arden, right beside Mr. Tire Dairy Queen. That's okay. the home. And our winter hours is very because of the, the temperature and stuff. So we try to do three days a week during the winter. It will change when it comes spring, summer. But okay. for now, with the winter hours, we do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay. But sometimes it can change to Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. But if, if it changes, we, 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 we update it and let our fans and supporters know. Okay. So I, I've noticed that you're pretty active on Facebook. I myself am less active on Instagram, but I'm imagining you're pretty active there too. So that seems like a great way for people to know where you are and what you're cooking day to day. Yes. Okay. The networking is, is the way to go in the 21st century. And that's why I shut down my email. I shut down my, uh, not my email. I shut down my website because people don't go on the website. Okay. Everybody will send a message on Facebook. Are you cooking today? Instagram. Yeah. Are you cooking today? Yeah. And people just waiting on me to post what I'm going to do next. Yeah. I, I love social media. I'm a big proponent of it. And yeah, I have a website too. I barely ever update it because nobody ever goes there. I get thousands yeah. and thousands of people checking my social media daily and almost nobody looking at my website, but I still have it just in case, you know? Um, so chef, let me, I, I did a little bit of research about jerk chicken in particular and the jerk cooking method. And I learned some stuff I didn't know about how the jerk method is so closely tied to freedom. And it is some, a, a famous food writer named Vaughn Stafford Gray called it freedom manifested in food. And that I, I, I'm not a scholar. I just did a tiny bit of research, but that has something to do with the fact that it was developed during a revolutionary period in the Caribbean. Yes. And uh, the, the greatest way to explain it to, to you you got a law. All right. Okay. American, independent, freedom. You guys uh, do like fireworks and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. In Jamaica, independent, we do festival. Festival is when we eat and dance and enjoy the freedom. Yeah, you're right. So like all those jerk chicken and, and festival, we have this uh, Johnny Cake that's sweet. They call it festival too, you know. So that's where, like, say, the jerk come from. Like, say... We eat a lot of food and celebrate. Mm -hmm. So that's where, yeah, you're right. That's where it's come from. And I learned that the cooking method, uh, the original cooking method of doing it underground, uh, covered yeah. in leaves, was a method to hide the smoke from the colonialists uh, so that they could cook out in, up in the mountains where they were yes. camped out. Yes, and it's a method to keep, and it's a method too to hide the smoke. But there's a method to preserve the food too. Because like we never have fridge, like refrigeration back in the days. So we preserve the food by hiding it under the ground and smoke it. And, mm -hmm. and it can stay there for days and, and, and it's still eatable. Yeah. 
So I, I really like learning about the origin of jerk chicken and, and the, even the word jerky uh, comes from, I think, a Peruvian word and, and that the original spices originate from Peru, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the I, I'm going to do this word wrong, but I think the original word is uh, jerk, jerque with a Q in the middle and a Y yeah. on the end. And so I, I had always wondered where the word jerk and jerky had come from, and now I know. And so it's... All right, the word, like for Jamaica, anything you do, they give you a name for what you do. If mm -hmm. you sell ice cream, they call you creamy. If you, <laughs> if you sell jerk chicken, they call you jerky. That's where the jerky come from. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yes, they, yeah that's where it come from. Yeah, that's where the jerky come from. That's funny. I met a couple of gentlemen from Jamaica who run a restaurant inside the mall called Jamaican Pan. And yeah, one of I know them was, those guys. Yeah, one of them was named Sweetie. And I was like, really? Yeah. If they like Sweetie, they call him Sweetie. Yeah, they said he's just a you really nice a lot guy. Of milk, they call you Milky. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So you know those guys at the Jamaican Pan? Yeah, and uh, it's it's a story. I don't we, I don't like. It's, it's those guys. They know me. They, okay. Those guys. They learn from me. Okay. They learn from me. They come to me and sit with me and they eat from me and they see the way I do and they say, "Wow, he's making money." So they go. They just branch off because they have the money at the time. They 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 go ahead and and, and do the restaurant. Okay. And I was there to keep on working on my craft, waiting on my time to come. Sure. And then you know now is my time. You know. Uh huh. That's interesting. So they they studied under you to learn some stuff, and all of them study under me because I'm the good. one like in in Asheville that start cooking and selling. I was the first one okay. to the Jamaican food, cook and sell, and everybody start to pack on. And uh, if you notice my dish, I don't use the red rice. I use the yellow rice and beans, and okay. it's a, and it's a reason for that because uh, I told you I go healthy, you know. Mm -hmm. And the yellow rice and beans is more healthy than the red rice and beans. You don't okay. got a lot of cholesterol. The red rice got a lot of cholesterol in it. Okay. And they, they use a lot of coconut milk. And coconut milk is good for you, but it's still high in cholesterol. You know what I'm saying? It sure is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to mention, you said that you, you kind of alluded to the fact that there are others. And I did notice there seems to be sort of an explosion in Jamaican food right now. There's a woman named Queenie who does Queenie's yes. Island food. And uh, there's another I'm forgetting about right now, two people. You who got are... a, another guy named Carl. Carl Brown, they call him Carl Bliss. He do a lot of Jamaican food. Okay. And yeah, right now in Asheville, North Carolina, they love Jamaican food. We sure do. It's really good. And right now is like a competition against us jamaican for me it's no competition I, I i i i separate myself from the other jamaican cooks because i cook for people i don't cook like oh i gotta make some money i'm gonna buy some cheap product and sell it expensive i don't do that i give them the quality i do from biltmore so if you look at my menu it's different from other jamaicans menu because I I, as i told you I, I do, I, 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 I listen to my people, the American people, they want infused fusion. Mm -hmm. So if you notice, I make like oxtail egg rolls. I make the oxtail pizza. American love pizza and they love oxtail. Put them together. Wow. Okay. Uh, those are stuff I do. 
Chef, I always say, and my listeners probably are so tired of hearing me say this because I say it a lot, but I say that we only really crave two things out of life, and that's something familiar and something different. And it sounds like your food combines those two things, especially for Americans who, sure, we do love oxtail, but a lot of us have never tried it before. So um, to have pizza so familiar with oxtail, a little different, you're like, you're combining the two things that people crave familiarity which means comfort and difference yep. which means excitement so that's it sounds like you're doing exactly that you're doing comfort food with some very exciting uh combinations and such and uh man i can't wait to try it i'm going to try to place an order with you next week i still yeah, have I, I still have a lot of food in my fridge from christmas so i'm not oh yeah I'm yeah not, not time because <laughs> i want you to be i want i want you to taste the food because I want the food critics to taste my food because a lot of people out there that see me doing well, they, they, they say, oh, but that's not Jamaican food. Hmm. Well, but you're intentionally, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want no, to say, it seems like you're intentionally saying, doing that. Yeah, but I'm doing it to, to catch audience. Like say for me, you can call me every day and say, hey, Ken, what you have today? And it's something new. I don't mm-hmm. just, I always have something new every day because American people, the first thing they come when they sit down, what's the feature? What's the special? And like working at Biltmore, you have to have something, a soup every day, a sandwich every day, different, and an entree every day we have to have a special. So people say, hey, this guy is good. Where you come from? Space? Every day you have something new. What they don't know is my 20 years at Biltmore, I'm the chef. I have to be creative every day. So every yeah. day I come with something new. Uh, another thing I often say is there ain't no world like the corporate world to train you how to do things just right. Uh, they got a lot yeah. of rules. They got a lot of, you got to appeal to a wide sloth, a swath of people. Um, and you come, you come out of, I've noticed that chefs who come out of the corporate world into the independent world, it's like they have all these great systems and stuff under their belt, and then they're cut loose to be free. And I think the combination of those systems with the freedom, th- those make some of the most successful businesses in town, I feel like. It's unstoppable. And for me, I cannot wait until next year when all these festivals come around because all I was hearing for the past two years, <laughs> when are you going to be at the festival, Shabingo? I said, it's coming. So Maribian going to be at all the local festival next year. So okay. uh, Asheville going to get the real taste of Maribian. All those breweries, whenever it gets warm, we are coming. Okay. Uh, Riverside District, we are coming. Okay. We are coming for good food. Good food, good jerk chicken. You got the beer. We got the spice. You know, we are coming. I love that, Chef. Um, so that was going to be my next question. What are your plans for 2023? It sounds like getting out there is your plan for yeah. 2023. They, they know Shabingo, but they don't know Maribian. Maribian is new, so I'm trying to introduce Maribian. And every time I use the word Maribian, I get good response. God, they say, wow, this is, this is creative. God, that's just me. I, 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 for you to make it in life, a, a rich guy told me, you have to have a product. You have to have a name, you know? Mm-hmm. And you have to love what you're doing, and you will make it. Yeah. And I have everything you say. I got a product. You know, I, I'm good. I, I know the business. I, I'm, I'm, I'm experienced. 
He said you got every tool out there to do it. But I, I'm ready. Yeah. And I, I'll add to that, you also have to be a workhorse. And it sounds like you and are not afraid to work. And, <laughs> and, and that's me because, like, people don't go see me on the road, but I do a lot of work behind the scene. Like, I, I, uh, for me, once the truck opens from the 16, I only get, like, three hours of sleep. Okay. Well, and not because I have to prepare. Every, I, like, for, for Meridian, I'm the chef there, the owner. I do everything. Nobody helps. <laughs> I prepare the... all the food, all the recipe, everything. So everything comes through me because the reason for that is consistent. When you eat at Maribian this week, next week when you come, you order the same meal, you get the same consistent. That's me. That's Maribian. That's Shabingo. And that is another... You're hitting all the nails on the head, Chef, because that's another thing that is so important to success and another thing you can learn from corporate situations is consistency consistent yes i I often say your your food a restaurant can even serve pretty mediocre food as long as it's consistent somebody's going to fall in love with it and they're going to be like i can get this same thing every time i go and if your restaurant is inconsistent that can be the death knell that can be because that word of mouth is one of your best friends when you're a restaurant owner and if you have, if you serve a great meal to somebody and word of mouth, they tell their friend, their friend comes, gets the same meal. It's not great. There's the, your chain is broken. Your word of mouth chain yeah. is broken right there. So yeah, sounds like you've got all your ducks in a row. You've got your product. You've got your uh, location for now with your plans to yeah. expand that in the new year. And yeah. you've got a real mission, chef. It sounds like. I get so much time to think what how to do, how to run it. You know, I got friends from Biltmore. They say, man, you're a great chef. You're not supposed to just sit down. You, you're supposed to be out there. And right now, I, I eat every nail. I, I cross every tea, dot every eye. So it was a long preparation for me to come out. I don't just come out overnight. So everything mm-hmm. well planned and everything. So right now, we just ready to show Asheville. And let me let you go on a secret. While I was selling food underground, I built a coalition. From the age 17 to 25, around Asheville, all the young people, if you go around, you say, hey, you know Shabingo? Oh, yeah, because I built through social media. When one young kid buy my food, the first thing they do, they snap it. Mm-hmm. And 300 other people see. And guess what? 50 people from that 300 call me an order. And once they order, they, they snap it. So I build a coalition. Mm-hmm. So once it gets warm, you're going to see. So maybe you have to do a follow-up story on me like two months or three months from now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you're a real good radio guest. (laughs) Not everybody's good at this, but you're good at it, brother. So I appreciate that. And I'd love to have you back on. Um, Well, I am going to let you go. Uh, Just want to reiterate for the people how how to contact you, your preferred method of contact. Just say it one more time, if you don't mind. Is uh, Facebook. You can do Facebook. Shabingo of his own Facebook page. And uh, you can go through Ken Barford. Ken Barford is my original Facebook page. You know, a lot of people go through that. And you can go Shabingo42 on Instagram. And you, if you like TikTok, you can go watch the videos and all that stuff. And TikTok, TikTok is the same name as my Facebook page, Ken Barford. 
and Snapchat is Ken Balford, you know? Okay. And I just want to make sure the people understand your your real name, Kenville Thompson. Kenville Thompson, yeah. Ken Balford is a pit yeah. Is a what, excuse me? Ken Balford is a pit name I use for my Facebook and okay. all my social medias there. Yeah. A pet name, and the and for the people, it is spelled B A H F O R D. So look up Ken Bafford on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And man, follow this guy. He's obviously on a on a trajectory that will be very uh, uh, big successes in your future. I can see that already, Chef. It, it will be because Asheville people they get to know me, and in Jamaica we said. Dance a yard before you dance abroad. That simply means dominate your community and you can dominate anywhere. So once the community loves you, you're going to be loved in any other state. So that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm dominating Asheville. And once I dominate Asheville, I can dominate anywhere. I love it. That's Wor- yes. World domination on the, on the agenda. Yeah. On the agenda, yes. Yeah. All right, Chef. Well, we we tried for a couple of weeks to make this interview happen. I'm so glad that yeah, you contacted was, me this morning, yeah. and I'm glad we got it done. It's been real fun to meet you on Zoom here. I hope to meet you in real life real soon, and I can't wait to try your food. And uh, just want to say thanks again for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much, sir. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, thanks. Bye. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Chef Kenville. I hope to uh, have a chance to have him back on the show because he's got lots of fun and interesting things to say. Any hoodles at the beginning of the show, I tried to do sort of a end of the year thing about uh, about 2022. So at the end of the sh- and I'm terrible at those things, doing those kind of end of the year wrap up things. So I apologize that it was kind of. Uh, half-assed and lame but uh let let me try to do an even more half-assed and lamer uh looking into the future of 2023 and what i would like to do in 2023 so 2023 my goals are as always to expand my eating areas and experiences even though i ate at a hundred and 49 different restaurants in 2022. I didn't even come close to eating at all of them. Not even close. There are some heavy hitters that I didn't eat at all year. Some personal favorites that I didn't eat at at all in 2022. And that is just because, as my friend Chef Drew Peterson from Asheville Pizza South said, I have a busy eating schedule. And so my goal is to get to more. And that just means either eating out more often or eating really at some places less often than I do, such as I mentioned how often I eat at Buxton and Twisted Laurel. And I don't want to go to them less, but I might have to sacrifice a few visits to my personal favorites to try some new places. And who knows, those could become my personal favorite years down the road as well. So first goal, expand my eating uh, area. I just call it my eating, my circle of eating influence. I need to expand that. I also, another goal for 2023, I want to start a secret supper club 
and I shouldn't even be talking about it. Like that's, I guess, the first rule of supper club or whatever of secret supper club. But um, it would be, I want to start a supper club in which there would be monthly dues. We collect the dues. We put them in a Venmo account or something like that. And then we spend all of that money to have supper someplace together and a small group of eight is what I'm looking to get together and a fun group, kind of an eclectic group that will have a lot to talk about. Uh, mostly food is what I want to talk about when I get together with these people and a supper club can happen at a restaurant or anywhere uh, could happen in our houses and it can happen in odd venues as well. And we can certainly get takeout and delivery and eat that stuff anywhere. So Secret Supper Club, one of my goals, and I also want to uh, start to set up tastings. Now, you guys know I do a lot of tastings. I taste a lot of food, but I um, I randomly kind of just do them. Like somebody will invite me. Maybe I'll try to set one up for myself somewhere, but generally they're kind of random, but I would like to start setting them up more regularly, like once a month, do a tasting at a new restaurant or an old favorite that's got new items um, and have myself and Lucho and at least another couple of food writers in town show up to these tastings and take a lot of pictures and stuff. And the reason I want to do that is because, A, they are really fun for me personally. Yeah, there's a selfish motive always. But B, they especially lately have been really good for the restaurants. When Lucho and I do a tasting together and we make separate posts, him with Asheville Multicultural, me with Stu Helm Food Fan, they reach tens of thousands of people. And those are people who are interested in food. And I don't pay for any reach. All of the reach I get through social media is what they call organic, meaning I don't pay for it. I never have. I never will. And so those are people who are interested in what Lucho and I are posting about. They're not just randos. And so that's pretty powerful for the restaurant. Like we did one the other day and his post reached uh, over 20,000. And mine, I checked it this morning, has reached just under 20,000. So that's going to be a reach of over 40,000 people for that restaurant. So they're fun for us. They're good for the restaurants. And to be honest with you, I want to try to build more camaraderie between the food writers and bloggers and independent media people in Asheville. Um, there's only a handful of us. And I, the ones I know, I really like. And I, I pretty much know them all. I would like to get to know some of them better. And uh, doing tastings together is one way to do that. Uh, just build camaraderie. And, and I told them that I want, I started a little group, a very private little group. It's got 16 members. Two of them are kind of double members in that it's like me and my professional page and Lucho and his professional page. So it's really more like 14 members. Um, and they're all writers and bloggers of various kinds some of them write for the major newspapers in town. And I'm not sure that they can actually show up to tastings. They might have some rules about receiving free food because they get a paycheck. Now, Lucho and I, we don't get a paycheck for the posts we do, and neither do some of the other food writers and bloggers. So what depending on what their policies are, I want them to come to these tastings. Uh, so, yeah, three reasons to do these tastings. They're personally fun for me. 
They are great for the restaurants. And I'm trying to build some camaraderie with the food writers in this town. And, uh, and just FYI, they don't cost the restaurants anything. Like somebody asked me that on Facebook the other day. Does, am I charging for this? I'm not. It's just a thing that I do. Uh, I, the restaurant started to invite me to taste it. So I never say no. So I go to them and now I'd like to start setting them up, but I'm not charging to set them up. Uh, the cost to the restaurant is the cost of the food. Uh, that we expect you to give us because that you invited us. It's like being invited to somebody's house to eat. You expect them to feed you. And uh, and then we always tip in me, I tip in cash. And so it costs us a little bit of money. doesn't cost the restaurant anything except for the food. And it's very mutually beneficial. Lucho and I, we need content. Not going to lie. That's how we stay viable. And the restaurants, they want juice. And he and I, we got the juice. Um, all right. So uh, those are my goals for 2023. I got to get out of here before I go over time. Thanks again for listening. Thank you, WPVM 103.7 FM in the mountains of Western North Carolina, Asheville, Food City, USA. I love you, everybody. I hope you had a great year. I hope you're going to have an even better year. Thanks to the Dorita sisters for our theme song. Please follow me on social media, Stu Helm Food Fan on Facebook, Instagram, Substack, Tribal, and Post.News. And uh, YouTube, it's anywhere. Just Google up my name. You'll find me. Thanks, folks. Peace out. This episode of the Food Fans Radio Show was underwritten in part by Asheville Food Tours. Did you know that there are over 200 places to eat and drink in downtown Asheville alone? It can be overwhelming. Whether you're a visitor or a local, there's no better way to experience downtown Asheville than taking a food tour with Asheville Food Tours. Details, pricing, and an easy-to-use calendar can be found at AshevilleFoodTours.com. That's AshevilleFoodTours.com.